1: Yeah, I'm what's shaking daniel oh just another fun week fun week what are you drinking over there on your coffee ah. in your coffee blue daniel is a coffee snob what you got going on in that cup
0: so uh we were in texas not too long ago uh at a fancy little coffee shop called white rhino in Waxahachie, texas wait where <laughs> Waxahachie. It's a really Waxahachie. fun name. No yeah, south of Dallas. Uh, they have uh, some coffee roasted for them by small roaster Tweed. Uh, and so this is the bright side, especially uh, made for white rhino. Is it Tweed. good? It's good. Okay. It's a mix of s- s- uh, South American beans. Uh, I don't know which ones. 50-50, I don't know, Guatemalan, Costa Rican, Colombian, something like that.
1: Can we get a, uh, is there like a Yelp for coffee? That we could put you on. I'm sure you could create some buzz. Ha! No pun intended. You know, I mean, like, if it was, like, the Daniel Brew. Like, you give it two thumbs up or three cups or four cups or whatever. I'm sure there's something. There's I'm trying to, to do something like that for, for running races. I would have, yeah, I would have given this last race I ran one shoe. One shoe. One shoe. Instead of four or five shoes. That's harsh. It wasn't very good. It wasn't? I'm just going to be honest with you. Nope.
0: What was the good. worst? What was the worst race I've ever run? No, what was the worst part of this one? Like what was the determining like all the way down to one shoe? Oh um, just didn't like it at all.
1: Yeah, kind of the I would I would say the um actually the <laughs> the location. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just kind of leave it at that. The location <laughs> of the race was not great. Yeah, yeah, it was disappointing. Very disappointing. The marketing team marketed it very well. The stock pictures are always beautiful. Yeah, it was it was something. But I mean, it was a great race for me. I was very, very happy with the race. Even though I didn't hit my goal, I was happy with the race. But the actual environment, the race itself,
0: no. So there needs to be a trip advisor of marathons yeah half I, marathons. you can see the
1: actual not yeah, the published that's a goal long-term pictures. long-term uh, hobby goal for me out there is to create just that yeah you need more hobbies yeah <laughs> yeah all right let's go to the phone lines on that one uh we've got a great question here from jack jack what do you got D-I-Y. hey quintatro daniel zuno this is jack from bloomington illinois i love the podcast guys so keep up the good work My wife and I just recently had our first child a few months ago, and we were wondering if you guys thought we should start saving for college now or continue to aggressively pay off debt before starting to save for college. Currently, our only debt are student loans. Also, what do you guys think is the best way to save for college? Any insight would be appreciated. Thanks, guys. Bye. Well, Jack, thanks so much for that message. Uh, Congrats on the newborn. That is fantastic. Um, I've got some definite thoughts on this. Let's kick it over to the Daniel Meister for his ideas and views to start us off.
0: Yeah. So from a financial planning perspective, if you're saving for college, it really depends on sort of what that outlook looks like. Uh, so that's going to be the stock answer for you. Kind of where they're going to college, uh, what vocation you foresee kid or kids getting into <laughs> just, just born, etc. Yeah. So the humor of that is you don't know any of that. <laughs> yeah. And that makes deciding on sort of a saving avenue really difficult. On top of that, if you look at over the past 20 years, how um, vocations have changed and how the college landscape has changed and so forth, I mean, the the world is massively different uh, from where it was at the turn of millennia. Uh, And if you go just a few years back before the millennia, even more so. Uh, computers and coding and so forth are much more in demand now than say uh, leadership and management and so forth. College now is, is less of a focus than it was back then. However, if it is your uh, family's value and purpose and, and so forth that you really want to set aside uh, money for kid or kids to go to college, uh, there are avenues to do that. You could do um, you know, an ESA, uh, that's an educational savings account, Uh, You could do a 529 plan, so forth. Each of those have their own kind of tax benefits and uh, have some beneficial abilities to be used for education prior to college as well. Uh, However, one of the things that you should be aware of or think about and one of the things that we're doing as a family is not necessarily putting that money in designated educational based savings accounts, because once you put it in there, it is restricted. It really can't be used for anything other than education. So what we're doing in our family is taking the standpoint of the the college landscape and, and the higher education landscape is dynamically changing uh, year to year now. And we foresee that over the next 15 to 20 years, it will continue to do that. We also don't really know what our kids are going to want to do in life. And as the uh, sort of gig economy picks up. And as entrepreneurship with technology becomes a much easier thing to do, that meaning that, that people can start a business very simply now where they would have had to do it basically 10, 15, 20 years ago. There's a lot more opportunities, I guess, for your kids in the future that don't involve going to school for four to eight years. Because of that, what we're doing uh, in our family is utilizing a joint account in my wife and I's name, putting money in that designated for our kids using a target date fund, for that so it's very low cost uh the risk sort of scales down over the years and when they're of age we can sort of gift that to them over time via either paying for their education or we can help invest in their first business uh, or other ventures that they might want to be a part of that you know one of our sons might want to go join the military might have education paid for but might need that those funds for other uses and so forth that said you talked about having some educational debt yourself Uh, I would very much consider looking to sort of get that sorted out, be on a really good payment plan for that. Otherwise, if that goes too long, you're essentially saving for your kids while financing your own future as well. And so that's something that you need to be uh, put into context and really have a good plan to knock out.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I want to just add a few things to that. First of all, based on your overall question, you have student loan debt. Uh, Therefore, in your mind, you're, it sounds like you're thinking, well, I don't want my son or daughter to have the same student loan debt. Hence, you're thinking how to save for college. Okay, the reality is, uh, in my personal opinion, and it's just what I can share with, I-, I don't think you change your overall plan because if you're if you're sort of investing early, yes, over time it, that should do well, et cetera. But you want to make sure you shore up your financial future. I'm a big believer, despite what the math says sometimes, I'm a big believer in parents shoring up their financial future uh, prior to uh, sort of investing for their children's future when you have no idea, as Daniel said, what that future looks like. So personally, I don't believe that you change any strategy to divert funds that were going towards student loans to go towards college savings for the children. Now, similar to what Daniel said, I'm also not a believer in the traditional 529 plan. The irony for me is when I started in this business 20 years ago, I worked for a brokerage firm. They instructed us, well, when you meet somebody that has young kids, talk to them about a 529 plan. Actually, they didn't say talk to them. They said sell them a 529 plan. Okay. Fast forward, my wife and I have three kids, or we start having children, I should say, 2007. We have our first child, we think to ourselves, "Hey, we want to start putting some money away." I gutturally respond, "Probably need to get a 529 plan." Then I start thinking, "Wait a second. What if my son, who clearly is going to be a genius and he's going to be amazing, gets a full scholarship, has academic, athletic, whatever? I won't need that money for college. So then, what it's going to happen? It's going to have to be then used for my second son, who clearly will get a scholarship. I mean, you know, okay, you get where I'm going with this, and I'm joking, obviously." But ultimately, I said, what if my older son, my middle son, or my youngest son, they want to start a business, they want to buy a house, they want to go to a trade school, they get it paid for, whatever the case may be, and I'm pigeonholed into this 529, so that was out. How about an educational savings account, Coverdell ESA? Well, that gives me the option now uh, at that time. Mind you, some things in the 529 have changed. You can use them um, for education, not just higher education. You can use them for private school. You can also use a 529 to pay student loan debt. Up to ten thousand dollars. So there's been some changes due to the Secure Act that was just passed the the turn of the, this year, uh, which is fine. But again, this doesn't help you going forward. This helps you as far as if you had it, and you needed to use it for. But at the time when we were looking, it said Coverdell ESA, that would at least give us some option if we wanted to do some private school, if we wanted to do some preliminary education expenses, we could use that for that. Ultimately, we decided on none of the above. We went with a custodial account, which is basically an account in their name where I am or my wife is the guardian or the custodian for this account until they're age 18. We are basically gifting them money, putting it into that account on an annual basis. Actually, we do it every two weeks. Uh, We buy a mix of both index funds and individual stocks. I do the latter, not because I think I'm going to be some savant and outpick the market, but I want them to gain an interest if it is uh, kind of in their DNA within the stock market, because that's why I ultimately do what I do today. It was because when I was 12 years old, I had some stock in McDonald's. I took a great interest in it. The rest is history. So my children, they have stocks that they know of, uh, that they are aware of. And so when we see the company or when we talk about the company, I do remind them, hey, you know, you own some shares in that, that company, that Apple or uh, Tesla for a while or whatever it may be. Again, my goal there is not to just outpick the S&P 500 or try to outperform it, but it's to gain some interest level on their end. So what we're doing is we're putting money in custodial accounts that will be for their benefit but at 18, it becomes theirs. That's the red flag. I'll caution you. There's a couple things, but that's the big red flag because if you have a child that's irresponsible with money, they're going to get that money at 18. By law, it becomes theirs. If they want to go out and blow it or find themselves traveling Europe and you don't necessarily agree with that, well, guess what? It doesn't matter. It's going to happen. Now, ultimately... The other thing you have to be aware of is some tax issues. Now, as long as you keep—and I think it's what twenty-two, twenty-five hundred dollars. What is the kitty tax trigger right now, Daniel? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh it's right around there. Okay, I'll so Google as right long back. as you keep the annual tax uh, amount, so that's your your capital gains or your interest and dividends below that amount then basically your children are going to pay tax on that money at their level. Okay, well, guess what? Unless your kid has some unbelievable app that he sold for $100,000 a year, he's more than likely not paying taxes at all, so therefore there will be little to no tax consequences on that money. But you do want to make sure, because with a uh, long-term account like that, you do want to make sure that if all of a sudden one day you decide to unlock gains, that you're not unlocking so much that it triggers at the highest i think it's now the highest uh income bracket uh, of the parents or something along those lines. It's very high basically. You're going to get you're going to get uh, whacked in taxes. So you just have to be a little bit more conscious. But you can use investments such as uh Berkshire Hathaway stock for example and you're going to own basically that's a mutual fund. It's not going to pay any dividends cuz Berkshire Hathaway doesn't pay dividends and you're going to own companies like Apple and Bank of America and basically whatever uh, Warren Buffett buys. That's a great alternative. Uh so ultimately Again, getting back to your question, I don't think you change your strategy. I do, however, think that if you want to start opening an account for your children, I would look and consider the custodial account. And oh, by the way, this is a great thing. In my opinion, my... Uh, family members didn't always take us up on this, but the last thing you need at birthdays or, you know, Christmas is another plastic toy sitting in the house. I always tried to encourage family members, look, if you want to get, you know, a little Susie something for the birthday, how about 50 bucks to the uh, Charles Schwab custodial account? Again, sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. I wish more people took us up on that rather than buy the tchotchke that we ended up giving away. But nonetheless, that's an option as well. In the custodial account, you have that option. Anybody can write a check and contribute uh, on your little one's behalf. So, hopefully, that answered your question. It was a great one. Don't deviate from your plan. Stick to your plan. Get out of debt. That will be the greatest investment you can make for you and your wife, and I believe for the future of your family. Great question. That one comes from Jack, who said Quintatro. Tatro. It's a long A. Tatro. A Y. Should have a more simple name like myself. Yeah, because you'll know. Okay. What is that, anyways? Polish. Polish. Of Slavic origin. Okay. Have you done the 23andMe? No. I want to do that, I think. Does
0: that tell you where you're from? All over the place, yeah. 23andMe. Probably figure out something random. This is not an ad. We're not sponsored by
1: 23andMe. Not yet. Boom. All right, Jack, that was a great question. Thanks for sending it in. All he did was hopped on his smartphone, sent us a voicemail or a voice recording to podcast at diymoney.org. That's podcast at diymoney.org. The Q, the question Q, get a little sparse, get a little sparse. Send us that question. We might use it on the air, and if we do, will. The intern will send you a $25 Amazon gift card. Boom. That's not DIY money. I don't know what is. Thanks again for listening. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very, very long time. Make it a great one.